that was a really uh, emotional time for a lot of people on campus. Um, I think in the past, like, it, it, was, it was, I think it was a span of four months, mm-hmm. there had been, like, three or four cases mm-hmm. um, of police brutality, um, I think. Eric Garner, Tamir Rice um, were among those. Uh, and so the sit-in was really just in protest of that, speaking about what happened and uh, mourning, really. Right. They demanded to speak to him. They went to the administrator's office. They held signs. They just they they were disruptive. I mean, they they were loud. I mean, they they were loud. Backstage with a diva. This podcast today is simply going to provide a narrative space for people to just tell their stories about how it is they came to the protests, um, what their involvement in it was, and what it was like. Um, to be inside of the protest. Well, I didn't even plan on participating. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to meet with my teacher before, Pamela Scully, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to this um, rally. Do you want to walk with me and discuss, like, your paper? So I was just walking with her, talking about my paper, and I got there. I was like, I'll stay. And then we were supposed to wear black, and I was like, I'm in all black. So I wow, stayed, and go. then, like, Kaz got to talking, and I was just like, this is so, like, mm-hmm. I was so happy I was there. Mm-hmm. And it was just by coincidence. But- well, I de- while protesting, I kind of definitely grasped my own kind of formulation of things. Mm-hmm. So at first, I was just listening to Cass talk, and I was kind of very, like, interested in what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And so as we started marching and chanting, I got, like, really, really emotional. Like, mm-hmm. I am straight, like, a part of something big. When, when you see things like that, you want to do something, right? You right. want to be able to do something. And... Uh, as a, as a full-time student, there's mm-hmm. only so much you can do, all right, because I'm supposed to be working on this paper that's due tomorrow at 8.30 in the morning, right? Yeah. Um, obviously procrastinated, so I <laughs> was planning on doing that, you know, last minute at that night, but instead, um, that just hit me, and it really does hit you. It's a very um, physical thing, mm-hmm. right? It It's like... It, it it sort of like knocks you back on your ass, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, then it becomes uh, bigger than mm-hmm. your schoolwork. It's definitely bigger than your schoolwork. And so, I remember as soon as I found out, first thing you do is, you know, okay, talk to other people, like share what just happened mm-hmm. in, you know, New York or wherever, and then uh, pack up your stuff, go outside, mm-hmm. and sure enough, you're bound to run into some people that are already planning something outside at Asbury Circle. Right. Okay, what can I do to help? Right. Immediately, everyone's assigned tasks, so usually it's not more than five people. Um, and so, like, after Eric Garner, it was, it was around... The, group of like five six people who were trying to organize things mm-hmm. so some people organizing rally mm-hmm. some people sit in I was in charge of, of, of like flyers mm-hmm. so my plan had been to uh, print out as many Black Lives Matter um, flyers as possible right. um, to put at Asbury Circle mm-hmm. um, strictly 
at Asbury Circle, and it was supposed to be, um, it was supposed to make people uncomfortable the same way that a protest would. Um, and so what we did was I, sp I spent hours mm -hmm. that day with help with the help of others finding a way to, ways to like print hundreds of flyers at a time mm -hmm. um, without having to use our own like resources so you know people donated and stuff um, folks at doc services were really mm -hmm. generous yeah. um, used recycled paper stuff like that so I ended up printing nice. hundreds of flyers nice. and then you know well into that night uh, stayed up to like four in the morning mm -hmm. putting them out all around Asbury um, and you know final product looked great and you know we were looking forward to you know seeing everyone's reaction the next day hopefully you know making some people uncomfortable mm -hmm. with, a, with a harsh reality mm -hmm. right um, which is not the reality isn't necessarily that black lives matter the reality mm -hmm. is that black lives don't matter mm -hmm. and we are being forced to to like <laughs> show you that yeah. you know black lives do in fact matter that's the reality is that we even have to put those those uh, right. flyers right. around but by six in the morning flyers were gone um and you know half a day's work was yeah. completely swept up uh, power hosed away or whatever they did and so that was just another you know uh, that was just another way that you sort of fall back fall back down and next night we did the same thing mm -hmm. only we spent the next day um, ha you know arguing with administration and and showing them that this yeah. was in fact like you know silencing Mm -hmm. us right mm -hmm. um, and we got apologies from people uh, most of which seemed sincere mm -hmm. um, and then the next day administration made sure not to to let the grounds crew uh, tear everything down and um, and then you deal with the next wave of, of criticism um, so what happened is um, during the performance, basically, mm -hmm. that's when it was mobilized. Um, and so what happened is basically, it was in Glen Memorial, mm -hmm. which is a church just down the hill, and we basically surrounded the building. Um, we left all walkways clear mm -hmm. so that, you know, people could still get to where they need to go. And we, um, a lot of people actually had duct tape over their mouth and would just have a sign or would have duct tape with something written on it. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was so that people would come out of the church and kind of have to face, oh, you know, this is the reality that other people are facing kind of mm -hmm. around this holiday season. Um, and so, yeah, that one, like I said, that one was silent. At the end of that one, actually, Wagner came out and spoke with um, one of our student leaders at the time, who's now graduated, um, DJ Powell. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that one was there. And from there, actually, there um, a couple of meetings started um, to get some balls rolling. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't a part of those meetings specifically. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, that one, like I said, silent protest, things, you know, still look concerning police brutality and what was going on around the country at the time, but that one was more so meant to jar those who necessarily wouldn't have been thinking about it otherwise. Mm -hmm. And to say, like, this can, you know, that peace is the end goal, um, but how that, you know, but conflict is going to have to be a way to peace, and we just took a different route of conflict on that night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I was there and I was protesting, like, it was a lot different. It was about being heard. It was letting all of those emotions and all the frustration, honestly, it ends up being frustration that I feel on a daily basis and, like, that I, in order to be, like, a real person in society, for the most part, you kind of have to push down or push to the side. Letting those happen and, like, letting my voice be heard. Um, And also feeling supported because of the people next to me. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, like, one, you're not alone. And yeah. two, that you're supported. So you're not alone as in, like, you're not alone in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then two, knowing that you have support to go to. You know, I may not necessarily know you or I may not be your best friend. And we may prob we probably, not even we may, like, we mm-hmm. probably disagree on a lot of things. Um, but, you know, it's... It's support. The themes of voice visibility and agency came up a lot within people's narratives. Um, And this is the idea that people are finding agency. So this is power. People are finding power in the physical movement of their own bodies. They're using their bodies as a tool um, to say something more than what they could say with just their voices, for example. Um, a lot of times when people feel like they're not being listened to, and this happens all over the world in social protest, um, physical movement of bodies is a way that people can access a fundamental resource that's easily accessible to them and utilize it and mobilize it in a way that makes a statement. The people who I share this campus with will go on to be hold positions of power, mm-hmm. and um, I have access to these people, and I want to make sure I'm doing my part in making and trying to yeah. um, get them to understand life yeah. <laughs> outside of their yeah. little bubbles. And so that is why, and because if I am unhappy with how something is occurring, mm-hmm. I look for myself mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm trying to do something to fight it mm-hmm. and resist it yeah. and this was the way that I thought I could best do it. The idea of the protesting was again because our mm-hmm. bodies historically as black people we have used it um, when, as like a means like, of capital to draw right. attention to the things that we want or push for the things that we want so I think the protests have been very effective gaining attention mm-hmm. and letting people like know like oh here these, oh wow these people are here oh what is this little ruckus going on and mm-hmm. like we always try to ask mm-hmm. and ask and ask first and then it gets to a point where I'm not going to ask anymore like you're going to feel uncomfortable enough where you have yeah. to like acknowledge the fact that I'm here and that I'm saying something you're doing something with your body that you normally don't mm-hmm. um, and also blocking a sort of like just a passageway for people to go. I know um, people who had to get to class just kind of walked over us. 
I think the black body plays a very important role mm-hmm. in any sort of protest, mm-hmm. riot, or um, even sit-in, because you are, in fact, putting your body on the line, mm-hmm. shutting down uh, an intersection, right? Which is, you know, you're putting yourself at risk, technically, when you're doing something like that. Um, it's much different from simply, uh, you know, sharing posts on Facebook because you have to, you're, you're putting yourself out there, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we had our bodies in the streets, like, because, like, if, like, if all, it, like, one person, like, if I had said, like, I'm scared, I'm not going to do this, like, if everybody said that, like, there could have been, like, three people and, like, cars would have just, they would have just adjusted for that, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but, like, all those people took the risk. They were like, no, I'm with it. I'm with this cause. I'm with it. And we were, like, all so proud, and we're together, and we stood there, like, fearfully, and it was just, like, it's, like, have you ever seen that thing where people, like, in the circle, and they, like, all sit on each other's lap? Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, exactly. it's just, like, it works because everyone's right. on the same page, and everyone's right. doing it. Like, if right. one person, like, fucks up, everyone's gonna fall down. Like, if one person gives up, like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. I don't want, you know, right. but at that moment, everyone was just there and like everybody put their bodies, their lives, their time, their effort, their like everything mm-hmm. into that. And it was like, it was really cool. Uh, again, going back to like data, almost like numbers do matter mm-hmm. simply because you know, like I'm a marketing major. I look at everything through the lens yeah. of marketing. Yeah. Like people are going to frame things differently if they see only three people protesting versus if they see 300. It's yeah. That's how people think. And so, noting that difference, I think that's one way. Um, Two, just being an instrument. um, You know, just being able to say, okay, I'm, like, going to shout now. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the themes that came up a lot in these narrative stories is the idea of collective identity as an incentive to protest and what it felt like to be a part of that collective identity within the context of a protest. It's actually um, part of social protest theory, a sociological theory, um, that you really only need collective identity. In this case, the identity of being a black student at Emory um, or just a black individual in America um, as incentive to participate in these protests. And that's what tied the protesters together. Just because, like, I, I felt like everyone there, like, was really passionate. We were all supportive, you know. And we were just, like, it just felt good to be in a group of people, and we all wanted the same thing, like, really badly. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it was just like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how yeah. else to explain it. Just warm feeling inside, I don't know. <laughs> like, community. I felt strength. That's like, mm-hmm. that'll be like the best way I can describe it. Like, because like, I mean, I felt other people's passion. Like, that was what I felt. Passion that yes, like, this mindset will change. Well, this is all my mind. I can't speak for anybody else. But from what I infer from the other people, it was like yes, if we do this, um, we can help out with a larger narrative and play. Mm-hmm. And well, this isn't just an Emory thing. This is also yeah. on a lot of other campuses. Like, I remember reading an article. It was like there was like. 
once the UMIS stuff happened, about like, 20 other campuses fell through, followed through with their own demands, including Emory. And so, like, yeah, there was, like, connection among all the students there, but then it also was a connection to the larger image of play. So when I was there, I would talk to everybody, and, like, although it was a very serious matter, mm-hmm. and we all took it seriously, yeah. it was good to, like, there were smiles on our faces. Mm-hmm. Because these smiles like emanated the uh, like community building mm-hmm. among the black community, among like anyone else who would fight for the cause. Is hype a physical? Yeah, like I'm always hyped up. I'm always never anxious. It's not mm-hmm. like not a thing, but just being more attentive and more aware of my surroundings and, like, being more sensitive physically to, like, mm. all the different things coming in. I almost, like, use the word stimuli, but I realized, like, nobody would stimuli. ever say that, yeah. like, in, like, real conversation. Well, such a stimuli, like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, just being more aware of everything that's going on mm-hmm. in the external environment and just being... Like, recognizing that your body is having those reactions and is physically worked up. For and there's just mm-hmm. so much blackness and resistance mm-hmm. that was present. And that was the first one that I was involved in or that occurred during my time at Emory. Mm-hmm. And we were able to exist with our bodies on Clifton Road, mm-hmm. on in the library. And it was, like, the first time that a lot of the these students had ever seen anything like this and it was mm-hmm. just kind of like the beginning of right. well at least like in my time it was the beginning of yeah. continuation of movements yeah. so it was the most impactful for me because I it was like the first time I really stood in my power and used my resistance as a collective like that mm-hmm. I've always like done it on my own but mm-hmm. how did it feel being in that like collective group I felt really good I felt mm-hmm. comfortable mm-hmm. I felt relieved I I felt accepted I felt understood and yeah I felt powerful because we're a we're a group that very much lives on the idea of community versus individuality Mm -hmm. you feel like you're within your blackness so you feel connected to not only all those other X amount of bodies that are lying on the ground with you, like mm. you're one, but you also feel connected to all those people who are in Ferguson, all those people who are across the world doing this, all your brethren in the Caribbean, all your brethren yeah. in Africa and yeah. other parts, as well as like your your ancestors, your forefathers. It's just like you feel like not you, like you feel like a group black. They demanded to speak to him. They went to the administrator's office. They held signs. They just—they—they they were disruptive.